Follow the Four Corners Podcast on social media. Like us on Facebook, Four Corners Podcast. Follow us on Twitter, Podcast Four Corners. And check us out on Instagram, Four Corners Podcast. You can also subscribe to us on iTunes and Stitcher. Don't forget to leave us a five-star review. I want to take this time to apologize to the television audience for what they're about to see. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Four Corners Podcast. I'm Shad here with Matt and Brad. Guys, how are you? Uh, doing good, Shad. I'm uh, recovering steadily. Recovering steadily. I'm happy to hear that the recovery is steady. Yeah, it's not I've, necessarily quick. I um, I've skeeved a lot of people out by telling them that while my surgeon was performing my surgery, I was discussing sports with him because I was awake <laughs> for the thing. <laughs> Well, the nerve you know, block was can... terrible, though. I will oh. say that. Well, because they, they that... jab this huge needle right into your nerve. Ooh, yeah, that, that 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 sounds pretty awful. Yeah. Um, but it wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. Um, for those who don't know, I had carpal tunnel surgery. I'm about two weeks out from that, and I'm slowly learning to use. Well, slowly getting the ability to use my hand back. I. Not quite there yet. All right. Well, Brad, we, we're hoping you're recovering really good. So we want to go once ahead he, and get uh, our... What's once, up? He, once he heals up, once he heals up, you should have, uh, you know, bionic hands. Uh, oh, yeah. Start, start doing um, a dreadful, like, damaging chops. <laughs> Unfor- <laughs> like, unfortunately, I did not get any cool things added to my arm. <laughs> I just had my ligament cut to give my nerve more space. Wait, you mean to tell me that you wouldn't be able to do a good running Shote now that's bionic? And... Oh, no. Man. Unfortunately, no. I did not get any cool superpowers. And what's the point of having the surgery? Right. Besides being, besides being pain-free. Oh, they drew well, all my stitches. They drew, like, my, all my stitches purple, though. That was kind of weird. <laughs> I think that's so they... I think it's... I think they did that so that when they have to pull them, they know where everything is, if I had to guess. Ah. Because okay. I once did, um, when I had my wisdom teeth out, my orthodontist, this is back when I was a teenager, found that they've missed a stitch like three months later and pulled it out for me. All right. So we'll get our shout outs taken care of first. Just go ahead and get those out of the way. Um, the first one will go to, well... We're in the Christmas season, and if you have that wrestling fan in your life that you don't know what to get for them, you know, give the gift of collar and elbow because they are comfortable, quality shirts. Heck, I even bought more on Black Friday. Um, they've got some clearance stuff going of some good old designs. They've got new designs up, and, you know, the shipping is not unreasonable. You get it in, you know... A reasonable amount of time. Now let's not go overboard. You still got to, you know, order. They're not prime, so you got to give them enough lead time on the order. But if you use the promo code Four Corners Podcast, the number four, capital C and corners, capital P and podcast, 
you can save 10% off your order and help them have a holly jolly slam bam Christmas. And that means our other shout out goes over to Matt. Uh, that'd be to Orlando Cologne. Um, I'm hope it's now the the Christmas season, guys. Um, I'm hoping that he has a very festive holiday season. I'm sure that I'll be giving him more holiday themed shout outs uh, as we get closer to the day of. I have it on good authority that he was the first in line to get an Ass Boys T-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, recently I, I have um. I have I I laugh like such an idiot whenever Danhausen's like Billy Ass and the Ass Boys. Did you watch the um the Danhausen vlog I sent you guys? No, I haven't. I didn't get a chance to watch it. I did watch it's... when the shirt came out though. The the Billy Gunn didn't comment on it, but his sons were like, like take this down. Like this is terrible. The vlog I sent you is uh, the link was time stamped for a section where. Danhausen is on camera with the ass boys and he's telling them he's like he and they're like no don't call us that that's not our name he goes your father Bill ass wore these shorts with the name on the back and they're like no Mr. Ass that was his nickname yes his name Billy Gunn ass Gunn is his middle name and they're like no it's not it's just Billy Gunn he goes that's his middle name and you're Rod ass and Todd ass and they're like no we're not he said, are those your middle? Where did you get all this? And he goes, from your father's underwear. It's it's amazing. He has to. He, I, I, I am 100% convinced he's signed with AEW. Super secret. Yeah, I don't know if he's signed, but he has to. That eventually, this is where this is going. It has yeah. To. Yeah, I yeah, think he's, I think he's already. I think he signed right before he broke his leg because there's so many interactions between him and the stars but things like him encouraging people to get Danhausen signs on tv and stuff and them them essentially rolling with his billy ass thing like just tells me that he and um, his uh his mjf interactions i that that was my best oh, favorite that... part of comic cons like look here you creepy pervert <laughs> um i guess he could be signed um I know that ROH was letting guys sign um, or otherwise their contracts were to go through the end of the year. I mean, like the calendar year. Um, So I guess it's a question like does if he were still getting a paycheck from Ring of Honor, like would he just continue doing that or would he sign? I think I don't think I don't think Ring of Honor was paying that much. So I think I think just even AEW, if they were giving him a downside, is probably five times what ROH was paying him. if they pay him even just reasonable amount of money, I would almost feature to say that there is just no way that they're not going to make that back. Just in if they get if they get some amount of merch sales, <laughs> like just a percentage of the stuff that he moves, like he moves a ton. Um, and I'm I would be excited to see to see him in AEW, but that's he's kind of like polarizing because there are some people that I've talked to about Dan Housing with him. And they just can't stand him. It's like it's it's like an Orange Cassidy type of thing. Yeah, but you know what? You know what tells me his gimmick is good is even Jim Cornette loves it. Yeah. Oh no, and and he's a, he's legitimately a funny guy. Like he has good comedic um, timing and good comedic like uh, just ideas. Uh, I mean, he's literally he was on he was on Conan O'Brien's podcast. Like that dude yeah. has 
he can go on an actual comedian's podcast and hang. And Conan O'Brien is a funny guy. Conan O'Brien, taken like behind the scenes, like he he wrote some of the best episodes of The Simpsons. Which now you say that to someone and it doesn't mean much. The Simpsons has been great in a long time. The but, Simpsons has like, not been great for longer than it was good now because I think they've got about yes. twenty years of crap and about ten years of good. Yeah. I tried to watch, I think they did a crossover with Futurama or Family Guy at one point, and I tried to watch that episode, and I could not even make it through a 20-minute episode. Yeah, they did a, They did actually do a crossover with Family Guy, and it wasn't that great, but, no. no the, only thing, the only thing related to them that I thought was funny is when they did the couch gag with Rick and Morty, and it was only funny because Rick and Morty... Mm were like writers did it mm. um I, i'm i'm very much looking forward to dan Housen. Uh, my guess is that dan Housen will have a piper's pit segment somewhere on aew and it'll be great also um, based on that early tweet about who aew was allowed to sign from roh when they closed most of that's been accurate so far based on who's been milling about backstage and who's actually shown up so i kind of I kind of believe that to be accurate at this point. Yeah. I, I did not read or hear about this. What Who so specifically was mentioned? Jay Lethal, the Briscoes, um, Bandito, Rush, Roosh, sorry, um, Dan Housen, and I think Dragon Lee, maybe? Huh. Uh, I think Dragon Lee Dragon has been doing stuff. Dragon uh, Lee's in the family with um, like Andrade and Roosh and all that. Yeah, I, I, it, I don't think anything was confirmed, but I, I had heard that um, that Andrade was trying to bring in Roosh and Bandito. He was making the case for them because they are um, family. I don't, I don't know if they're actually like blood family or extended family, or that just that they're like. It they, might be like the annoy situation. Yeah, and they certainly all are good friends. They're tight, so I, I wouldn't be surprised. Um, yeah, but the Briscoes is one I had heard too. That's that would be interesting because, you know, for a long time, Briscoes at one point had interest in WWE, but then some of their like old social media posts got them in trouble. You know, but at so, this at this point, that's been like a long time ago. It's been it was longer than even I thought because I had thought it was like five years ago, and then I realized someone pointed out it was eight years ago. In my opinion, kind of changed on hiring them when I realized it was eight years ago because I was kind of like, you know. Like, eight years ago is a long time. Like, I think maybe they deserve a shot. They're, the specific um, comments in question, I believe, were what, anti-LGBTQ? Uh, yeah, and, and they a- were... AEW has a, lot of, has a lot of LGBTQ people on their roster. They have several. Um, but They've done if, stuff know, with if... Effie, though. So, I mean, yeah. I think yeah. maybe they've... I mean, eight years is a long time. I mean, how many people how many people that probably held similar opinions to them at the time have changed their opinion in eight years based on polling and stuff you know so i think i think um well even beyond that it's like uh this to to quote like a a dumb star wars prequels it's like ignorance leads to hate yeah uh just if if they had no significant exposure to a member of the lgbtq community um, then maybe they would have those opinions, ignorant opinions, and then the more they have 
since that controversy, if they were in a situation where they were then presented with more LGBTQ wrestlers and, and or workers, people, and, and they can see like those actually gay people and other transgender, all those other, they're no, largely just normal people. So mm-hmm. they can get over the prejudices, things like that, just for the fact that and that's, I think, part of what helps really get into the weeds but like back in the day like when ellen came out mm-hmm. initially people were like whoa and then she had a talk show and they like she, you know, she's out there dancing and people all of a sudden are like oh oh she's normal she's funny and it's like yeah yeah she was always normal like and then, you just had to realize that <laughs> and then it came out that she's a terrible person yeah well yeah no one, no one knew that no one knew that she, no. she was kind of abusive to her staff. that was that was like one of the biggest falls like from grace ever and that was steep and fast. Yep. That was so. almost as bad as, um, was that Brian Williams who lied about being in the helicopter in Iraq or whatever? Brian, among uh, other things. Well, yeah. we're not going to get into his, um, his, uh, his, uh, you know, gift giving and secret rooms and things like that. The, the most, well, and the, um, the the bodies floating down the river behind him and you know he wasn't even in new orleans at the time or something like that i think um there was a lot of there were a lot of um there are a lot of people in the media that have totally gotten a pass for shitty things they did during the katrina aftermath yeah my favorite is still and you can find this on youtube if you've never seen it i don't remember who it is i don't think it was anyone famous but that asshole that was in the canoe acting like it was totally flooded and then people are walking by in like ankle deep water behind him oh that was so funny just just to see the the hubris of something like that happen like live on tv yep just just absolutely slays me i don't care who it was terrible like because they were talking about like all the like a lot of that stuff they reported never actually happened like the really bad stuff in the superdome like after the fact like yeah none of it almost none of it happened yeah. Uh, so, anyway, <laughs> not to get, not to get, uh, not to stay too far in the weeds, but uh, tonight we're actually we're going back to something we had done a while ago. We're making a return, right, yeah, Brad? Because um, wrestling just got crazy this year, and we kind of just could not spend any real amount of time away from it because like the summer was just nuts with wwe just like letting people go left and right but we still want to go further into the saturday morning cartoon lineups right now we're for sure this week we're doing 1994 and then we're probably going to do 1995 we are discussing doing 1996 but i do not feel super confident in that because i do not recognize a lot of shows on that hmm. and even this year in 1994 we looked at the schedule and the, one of the first things when i started like digging into these shows i told them like i don't know a lot of these other shows because i don't see why i would have ever turned fox off this year <laughs> yeah uh that that uh, i'm a little bit shorter in the tooth but the uh I, and so i remember this time period a little better um and yeah there's 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 that's that's an accurate way of putting it so um 
Well, why don't we just dig right in? Yep. So we're gonna we're gonna do this alphabetical as always. Um, so ABC is up first. We have Crow at 8 a.m. This is just like a caveman show. Um, I think I'm the only one that actually remembers watching it. So we'll go on to 8:30 with uh, Sonic the Hedgehog. This is the Sat AM show, not the other one. Um, we now talked... the Sat AM was the one that had kind of the uh, the was better the animation mat- and the darker style. And yeah, the yeah. More mature, more like the comics. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, which which one had wasn't it Jaleel White as the all the of them had Jaleel Sonic. White I think oh they yeah. both did yep I think he was Sonic in everything for a while mm, he I, was Sonic in both those shows I yeah, know that much he was that they did a darker version I only yeah. remember the one I, I to be honest I never really watched this if you all you really need for this one is to watch the intro because it's a pretty rocking uh, song. Yeah, it's... I, I remember the song vaguely. Sonic the Hedgehog. Yeah. This was, this was actually... This was actually kind of anime-ish. Honestly, just before that was a thing, this was... The other one was more like a standard cartoon. But this mm. one had obviously much more money put into it. Yeah, the, uh, the other one was uh, more silly and kid-friendly. Yeah. More, more silly, I guess, is probably the best way of putting it. Um, so this one was the one that was it was it, one of the main character, one of the supporting characters was a uh, a bunny that had been like half transformed by robotic stuff. So she was like half robot, and it wasn't like robotic sticks the animals inside of robots. It's like no, he's he's full on transforming them into they go them. yeah they go in like a two because this i think the first season of sonic ended on a cliffhanger um probably that sounds right but i don't remember exactly and robotnik himself is pretty scary yeah he's not he's not played for laughs um yeah he's he's sinister he, he wasn't even in the other one no he was so. he was just more humorous was he? yeah because uh, him and like a, a rooster and some yeah and the two idiot robots but him yelling at them a lot i don't e- I, I don't even remember him being in it for what that's worth so because i think i think this version of sonic goes into that like sonic x cartoon that was like an anime cartoon like it felt like that had a lot of crossover with the other one because i think mm, like sally okay. and a lot of those characters go over Okay. And this show is probably very guilty of spawning the furry revolution, so... Um, it <laughs> well, I don't show. know. I don't know. We did have... I mean, Space Jam did, did its part. I think oh. a lot of things were guilty. Yeah, Lola Bunny, probably. Yeah. No. I was yeah. thinking the, the Disney Robin Hood cartoon, which is probably my favorite of the Disney cartoons, probably had a lot to do with the furry revolution, too. It... it uh it didn't hurt i'd be willing to bet you know we should do that we should i should put that on the schedule for next year we should rank like the disney movies through like hercules or something that's a that'd be a good one because there's there's a lot i could i I probably have a lot of thoughts on that yeah i do too there's a lot of them i I haven't seen i've seen everything to hercules i think I would need to look so I could tell you what I have and haven't seen. Pocahontas but, uh, is probably the worst of the of, of that era. No, Hunchback of Notre Dame is pretty weird too. 
I, I feel like I feel like I didn't I like Hunchback better, but I'm not. I had to, you know, and I had to watch rewatch some of these. I did. We just watched that a couple. We watched that like when COVID started, because we watched a bunch of stuff on Disney Plus, and that's really, it's uh it's trying to be funny and super serious at the same time, and it just doesn't work. Boy, that's 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 a tough balance to pull off. Like it gets dark. Well, I mean, a lot of Disney movies get dark, but I mean, like I feel like for much as much as I say fuck Bambi for um how mm. awful a movie it is, like it it manages that balance somehow. Because it's mm. never outright funny. It's more like uses its quaint charminess to make the dark really punch you in the gut. It's it's cute. Yeah. Is it. Bambi is cute, and then it's punctuated by moments of trauma to make kids yeah. cry, as opposed Speak- to. <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah. I, I I I think I've told the Bambi story. Yeah, we've talked about the, that on before. Yeah, remember, but remember I told the joke that I I had seen that a little later in life, and the death of Optimus Prime had hardened me too. <laughs> It's traumatic. Um, Remember, Shad said he saw it, and his dad did like the finger gun thing, and Shad like freaked out because yeah, because I was real young. Yeah. You want to talk about trauma? I don't think I talked about this. A thing that that fucking traumatized me when I was younger, and now is since she's used that word trauma, it all just came crashing back to me. I was in fucking terror of monstro in in pinocchio that oh yeah that oh, shit wow. out of me to the point where like years later and i was like i was in my 20s probably but when like the first kingdom hearts game oh came and out, he eats you yeah he's in the game i was like uncomfortable i wasn't like scared but i was like oh my god i don't i don't like this level like let me yeah. just well, <laughs> rush through I, it i remember like the kids turning into donkeys was like is like because I just watched that. Oh yeah. I just watched that as an adult. And I'm like, wow, this movie's like terrifying. How did I not like freak the fuck out when I was a kid? There's a lot of shit. This is why we yeah we should, we should do this for the podcast because there's a lot of shit that Disney did back in the day that was that was low key fucking terrifying. Like, like the whole um, Sleeping <laughs> Beauty. Dumbo got Sleeping Beauty. Oh, yeah. oh my god, yeah. And um, what, Sleepy Hollow. Oh yeah, well, Sleepy Hollows, you know, it, I uh, that one doesn't bother me as much, but like, um, even um, like Lady and the Tramp with like the rat trying to eat the baby. Oh, oh my God, I don't remember that. Like that's how the tra- like remember the like the rats getting in the bedroom and like the tramp runs up and kills it. Or even or even we could talk about their live action stuff, Old Yeller, which is just. Oh god! Oh yeah! Oh god! That's oh that that was a kick in the balls as a kid to watch. But I'll tell you, I'll tell you what the worst thing is. There is a movie, but it's you'd probably encounter it as a book. But man, fuck where the red fern grows. Just fuck that book. Oh uh, yeah, I remember. That's it. also that's a really sad one too. Oh, it's that horrible. Why do we subject children to such awful things? That... I don't know. I, I I've got another one from uh from Fantasia. Not uh, on Bald Mountain. Yes, when ch- the demon Chernabog comes oh, yeah. out. Yeah, yeah. Now Chernabog was actually in Kingdom Hearts too, and it was pretty awesome. Like that, that wasn't scary. It was <laughs> cool, but that still, like, why, why, why would you have this scary stuff for kids? Yeah. Um, 
Okay, we gotta toughen them up for stuff later in yeah. life, I guess. So let's talk. Anyway, about, let's talk cartoons. about cartoons. Let's talk about what was probably a crappy cartoon because I don't remember this actually existed. But Free Willy, I did not know that they made a cartoon out of that stupid movie. It did no, not I, last no very long. Um, nope. I, I remember seeing like an episode of it, and wow, it was okay. Do you remember the old? Godzilla cartoon that sometimes they would play on Cartoon With Network. Godzuki. Godzuki, yes. yeah. Yeah. Okay. And you remember how Godzilla didn't show up a whole lot just every now and then? Uh, like towards the end of the episode? As I remember it. As I remember it. That was kind of the Free Willy show, except it wasn't as cool as Godzilla showing up. I might be remembering it wrong. But the biggest thing I remember is that I only watched one episode and decided at whatever age I was at that it was not worth my time. I think this is a the, like I think this is a long line of them making cartoons out of like movies in the 90s. Because I remember there's like a really bad men in black one. Um, Iguana Godzilla mm-hmm. got one. Um, I think a bunch of Jim Carrey properties got um, like cartoons, which all sucked. Like Mask. Think. Had one briefly. Oh, Mass was, was awful. Dumb and Dumber oh. got one. I think Ace Ventura got one. Okay, I'm getting ready. To, I don't know how this never popped up in what we were doing, but there was one. There was an MC Hammer cartoon called Hammer Man. You know, we some that that came up at some point, but I don't I don't know how we we must have like glo- glossed over it or something because I remember um because he would do like his songs like and he was like a superhero or something. Yeah. Yeah, he would put them on his feet, and he became Hammer Man, Hammer, Hammer Man, Hammer. Yeah. I remember that very clearly, and I kind of wish I could free that real estate up in my brain for something yeah. better. So let's talk about another show that I do remember, but I don't like, which is Reboot. So this was like one of the first computer, the first in a long line of like trying to do computer animated um, shows in the 90s, That and it's... It's kind of like a video game show, but I never cared much for it. I kind of thought it sucked, personally. It, it, it I was... never cared for it. I never got into it, but uh, I remember at the time that there were people who were, like, really, really into it. It lasted just, a long time, I think, for a cartoon. It lasted a long time, and then I think it I think it went into, like, syndication on Cartoon Network or some, some channel. It got – I think Toonami picked it up early on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then I think it got like even more popularity. It uh, at the time it was, as I remember, it was regarded as really revolutionary for for what they were doing with it because it's not something anybody else was doing. Yeah, uh, you know, it was very different, and it was of the idea, if I remember the plot correctly, that yeah, it was video game based, but the the characters were the characters that lived in the computer, and so they were there doing the game stuff because reasons... They were avatars, essentially, is what you're saying. Yeah, well, but they weren't... It wasn't like a representation of the player. They just... They lived in the computer. And so they they were entities that were in there and then would slip into whatever program was running. That, and they that didn't have control over. That my memory of being true. So, uh, it, it, novel concept, interesting show, or in, novel novel concept, 
Poor execution. You know, very different visuals, but I never hooked me. So I was getting a little too old at this time, I think, for this because I would have been 13 at the time. Um, yeah, yeah, I was creeping up on that, but because uh, you had it, to it was... be for for at this point for me to be interested, you had to be something like Animaniacs or an existing property I was into, like X Men or Batman or The Tick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so there was um, it uh, just go ahead, Matt. Oh, I was just going to say, like, uh, one of the most notable things about Reboot, uh, the main villain, voiced by Tony Jay, who did a ton of good, great, like, voice work. Oh, cool. Tony Jay also was the was Fro- was Judge Frollo in Hunchback, since you just mentioned Hunchback a minute ago. That, that, one of his classic villain voices. Oh, yeah. You get, you get some good villain voices. It seems like you're pretty much set for life in voice work if you got one of those good villain voices. But uh, anyway, reboot. Not there's just not a whole lot to say about it, you know. Although uh, <laughs> he did have one most notable uh, heroic character. Okay. He played Virgil, uh, <laughs> the 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 mentor in the the show Mighty Max. Which, did you ever see that, Chad? No, I didn't. Uh, I have no memory of that one at all. It's on Mighty Max? Yeah. They'd, they only did 40 episodes. It was in syndication. Uh, the premise is that there's a kid, Max, who, he gets like a baseball cap, but the baseball cap is magical. Oh, my um, God. Do you remember this now? Yes. Yes, and they had, I do. They, they put out toys, which I actually think you can acquire them maybe like i think they've done uh, read like nostalgia toys they put out some more some of those again but it was like the boy version of the old poly pocket toys because it was like a minute little miniaturized play sets yeah um but this was a great show it had uh, tony J who was playing virgil who was basically a humanoid really like a humanoid chicken um, and he would get called a chicken sometimes, and he would always correct. He goes foul, actually. And he's like made a point to say that he was a he was like a foul. Like he he was a Lemurian. Okay. That was like his species. Um, but he looked like a giant chicken. And Max had a a, a bodyguard, a protector, who was basically uh, practically immortal, but also just incredible. He was like the bruiser. He was like the tank. Okay. Uh, and he was voiced by Richard Mall. Uh, of Night Court fame, and and he later <laughs> went on to do a, a bunch of um, Batman, Superman voices. He did uh, right. Two Face, voice of Two Face in the Batman animated series. This was a great show. Um, the main Max actually was voiced by Rob Paulson, who of course did. Oh, a million well, yeah, I mean he's Rob Paulson. He can he can pretty much do whatever he wants to, and Such, it's going to be good. It was so fun. I actually got the series like on bootleg DVD. Um, they may yeah. have it on like Amazon, but Tony J, one of the main characters there, and he it was a good show. That was a good show. That I I like that show better than reboot. I'll, I'll have to, to say, I'll have <laughs> to tell you the truth, Matt. Is every time you would say Virgil, I would immediately think Curly Bill because I couldn't help myself. <laughs> um, and so, you know, I'm I'm desperately trying to hang on through that whole thing and not get too distracted while we're. But no, I, I don't know. It reboot just didn't, it didn't catch for me. Not me either. 
So what was next, Brad? So at 10, I had to look this one up. So bump in the night. So remember the, the weird little monster characters that they used like as commercial like bookends for like a long time? It was like oh, a green guy uh, with like two eyes and like a blue blob thing that they would do like, you know, we're going to commercial and we're back and all that. I remember That's stuff it. like the the cowboy, uh, fire hydrant, horse, dog. Yeah, you know, that's but... funny thing about that. That was like the mid 80s. So that's way older. But so they gave those characters a cartoon. I watched the intro and I was just like, this is not good. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah I, no, I'm not. It, it, I don't know how it. Yeah, I imagine not. I imagine it didn't last very long. No, it did not. I think I think it's gone <laughs> by the next year, honestly. All right. So Tales well, from the shock me. 1030 Tales from the Crypt Keeper holds on for another year. And then 11 to 12 Bugs and Tweety Show is still there. I mean, let's be honest. You're just Bugs and Tweety Show was rehashing old Looney Tunes basically. So you already had them, you might as well use them. Most people like them. Go just, for it. It just, I think, though, I mean, it's been on the schedule the entire time we've been doing this. Yeah. Well, I mean, there was a lot of, there were a lot of Looney Tunes, so uh, a lot to work with. So then at noon, I don't know why Back to the Future keeps just, like, bouncing around these networks and coming back, but I don't, I don't know why it keeps getting airtime, because it was not a good cartoon. Probably some exec was like, oh, but I liked Back to the Future. We could do that. And then it's like, um, why did we do that? And I'm like, well, you wanted to, boss. No, I didn't. You're fired. My problem with it is, like, it was three. It was about three with the kids and stuff. It wasn't even like, I would have, if I would have done a Back to the Future show, I would have based it on two with the Flying DeLorean and had Marty McFly doing like cool adventures in time stuff it's not yeah it's time travel into the future yeah yeah so you don't have to be like wedded to a particular time machine you could use any or all of them or or if you want to get a little nuts with it do marty's kid in the future with like the weird future stuff you know the one like the one that he's like helping like he I'm just saying which kid, because he... Oh, the son. Yeah. <laughs> you know, all played by Michael J. Fox. Yeah, but do, do like, his dumb son from the future and just stick to the future stuff with, like, the crazy stuff and, like, you know, the um, Biff's, like, kid or whatever. can Biff's, like, grandkid can be, like, an antagonist and stuff. Griff. Yeah. With like, his there's... weird sidekick that, for some reason, had a button on his chest that made a chicken noise. Don't know why, but, you know, there it is. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm going to say this is a very poor lineup, in my opinion. Yeah, there's there's not. OK, to be fair, Reboot did hook for did do the hook for some people. Yeah. And and when looking down the list, not a whole lot of real strong competition in that time slot. So I understand why that one, you know, kind of picked up. Yeah. But. Um, the the lineup as a whole, no. So then Just we're, not doing it. We're gonna we're gonna wander over to CBS. So the Little Mermaid is still on here at eight o'clock. I feel like that's been on the schedule for a couple years now. Uh, I never watched it. 
that, that wouldn't happen. It's kind of weird timing, though, because at this point, I think The Little Mermaid's five years in the, the rearview mirror. Is that right? That's uh, Maybe so. I think. When did that come out? 89? 89, I think. Okay, wow. Yeah, that, they're just, okay, that even, even if I don't. Even if I don't agree with a, a lot of, of her takes, um, Lindsay Ellis on YouTube has a really great uh, way of, of looking at that movie because she hates the hell out of it. And really? Yeah. Here, here, let's put it this way. I sold everything I knew for a man I don't know and a vagina. <laughs> uh, well, makes sense. Presumably, <laughs> mer- they, mermaids procreated, so presumably they had they already had vaginas. But, I, I, but no, you get future, what I'm saying. Futurama, I'm Futurama touched on this, and mermaids lay eggs. Yeah, there you go. But it's it, the it, the idea of I sacrifice my entire life and everything I know for some guy that I saw once briefly. It's like <clears> she's know, kind of an earth. She was kind of like a, a land file though, before that. Like, she didn't right, really need but, much prompting because, like, she was super into, like, land culture to begin with. She was, but that, you know, that's that's like someone who's a weeaboo who just decides to kind of fall head over heels for the first uh, person of Asian descent they encounter. It's like, this is, this is not, this is not a good plan. You know, this is this is let's be on. This is dumb, but I mean, you know. it's just a cartoon. It's way overthinking. Right. But I can see the point there. Yeah. Do you uh, can I give a recommendation? Go it, for in it. In a weird way, uh, kind of playing off the whole of land file, uh, see see person in land file. Um, uh-huh. Uh huh. But the new the movie that came out recently. Okay. Look it up just to make sure I have right. Uh, and I don't. So let's let's. Uh, let, hold on. Let me let me search this. I forgot the name of it actually. Continue. Look at this up really quickly. Okay. Um. Let's see. That's that from. Oh, okay. All right. I found it. Sorry. Um. <laughs> that I, was quick. I, yeah, Luca. <laughs> You know, um, I I thought that was, I thought that was um, it was decent, but I, I thought that was one of Pixar's weaker. It's it's a Pixar movie. It came out earlier this year. Um, it, it distributed by Walt Disney. Uh, I liked it. My wife and I watched it. Um, it literally by ourselves, which is weird, because like it's it wasn't like we watched it with our child. Um, we just watched ourselves because it looks like uh, it's like a 95 minute movie. It should be quick and, and yeah, unoffensive. Yeah. And I we liked it. It was uh, it wasn't uh, the best film you ever see, uh, but I, it was cute. It had a, it told a good story. We, um, I thought it was good. We watched it, and my wife's like, "I wish I had just watched Coco again instead." Oh, uh, see, I've never seen Coco. Coco is good. an excellent. Coco is a fun, excellent movie. Mm-hmm. Coco is There's... one that I have heard that I'm just in this place where it's like, you know, I might just skip that one because I, you know, getting older and, and having kids and stuff has 
completely like recalibrated my emotional uh my emotional uh spectrum here and it's like you know there's there's some from what i hear there's some stuff in that that i i'm probably not prepared to deal with i would probably put it i'd probably put it as the top five pixar movie nothing in it is as bad as the end of toy story 3 which destroyed me as a human being um, I have heard people who, many people, Chad, who have yeah. said that they watched Coco and cried, because um, it does touch upon like some emotional themes. Yeah. I, I I also know what you're saying, as a parent, like yeah. things get me sometimes. I read an article. It was just an article, but it was basically it was trying to sell this book. Um, and I I have I put the book in my Amazon wish list, but it was it's a book that this guy wrote on wolves and I don't know if it's like Yellowstone or, or someplace like that, but this like wolves and there was one particular like alpha wolf. Uh-huh. Um, but, and, and the, the theme of the article is just kind of like writing about the book and how it covered this one alpha wolf. And it gave some examples of the alpha wolf. Yeah. And then it told the story about how the alpha wolf eventually like went off, you know, but to be by himself and then curled up under a tree and died. And th- I literally like read this and I had fucking tears coming down my eyes. And I'm like, right? oh my God, I'm, I'm crying about a goddamn wolf. Because well, it, it reminds you of a dog you had at some point. Because dogs yeah. do that too. Oh, it, it made the reason I put the book in my Amazon wish list is because it was just the way that they were talking about this wolf. This wolf is apparently like abnormally intelligent and like uncharacteristically like kind like he had like a rival wolf and normally like the wolves like they killed a rival wolf but he basically let the rival wolf live and go form his own pack it's like what the hell how is this how is this goddamn wolf like so smart but anyway yeah i read that he died and i'm like don't die yeah it's like a fucking disney movie right die mr wolf yeah it's it's a weird it's a weird paradigm shift that happened at some point when I wasn't paying attention. Yeah. Yeah. So speaking of canines, I, I guess there was a Beethoven cartoon and it was on. Yes. You know what the, you know what that was? Here, I'm going to turn a phrase real quick. It was dog shit. <laughs> oh, good to know. I think that's yeah. our dog. Don't even for, for this. Yeah. Just, well, not quite. There's another dog thing that'll pop yeah. up. Well, there's two dog things actually. Yeah. Um, so then Aladdin hits at 9 a.m. This actually wasn't a bad cartoon. So it was kind of... I like this one. Yeah. I remember this one. Because this is Aladdin kind of in a, like a monster and adventure of the week thing. And, mm-hmm. you know, it was a smartly done show because Aladdin works in that format really well. And um, Gilbert Godfrey is still Iago. <laughs> and he's really creepy when he talks in his normal voice. Uh, You know... I, I haven't heard Gilbert Gottfried's normal voice in years and years, and I if, don't think I want to. If you, I if think you I'm wanna, happy or not. If you want to hear it, just YouTube, I think, Howard Stern, Gilbert Gottfried, real voice, because they play a voicemail from him. And um, so he might have dead people in his basement from, from that. <laughs> so just this is for just for kicks, but what and, and Gottfried reminded me of it. With the Wheel of Time show kicking up, there was a podcast that they did. They put together doing a reading of the the prologue of one of the book chapters. There, they did a prologue from one of the books, and it's a section where this this 
character named Demon Dread goes to the Pit of Doom to um, commune with the Dark One, basically. Because you have to go to the Pit of Doom if you're going to speak with him directly. That's the that's the only place where you can really do that. Okay. And when it, they're reading it and he goes to do this, and in the book, the Dark One's text is all in these giant caps because the idea he speaks – Communing with the Dark One is this such an intense experience that it leaves you, you know, shaking and in tears and all this sort of stuff. And whenever you get to this section where you're reading in it, it's a, he heard the familiar voice thunder through him. And you hear Gil, Gilbert Godfrey go, Demandred! And I was in tears laughing through the rest of it with the voice of Gilbert Godfrey as the ultimate evil in this world. Just absolutely destroyed me he actually if you if you hear current day gilbert he really can't keep the voice up anymore so it's like you can hear his regular voice when he just talks now because he can't that's the, i imagine that's a tough voice to keep going. well that's why um to go into ron and fez that's why they stopped doing like the iris thing because he couldn't the voice hurt to do yeah that's that's one thing I've heard from people that use a, a voice as a gimmick is if you're going to use a gimmick voice, make sure it's one that you can do for a long period of time without tearing up your throat. Because that's also uh, why Jim Norton stopped doing uh, Ted Sheckler. Oh, really? I yeah. Sheckler. <laughs> that sounds like it hurts. It Yeah. Like, if I go to conventions and do my Dr. Insano bit, it's like the next day my throat's going to hurt. I've just... I've come to accept it, and it's it's going to hurt. That's just the way life is going to be, but it's not as bad as – like, if I was trying to do the Gilbert Gottfried voice for a period of time, then never mind. I'd be shot for a week. I think as you get older, too, like, he's probably – like, he, he probably doesn't have, like, the, the muscles in his frame to, like, do that, because I, I, I think you have to have some, like – some power in your diaphragm to really do that well for a long time. Another, by the way, fun tangent off of this is there's actually I know of one guy who he did the character, the voice of the character he did for so long that it permanently deepened his voice. Michael Dorn's voice got lower, permanently lower from playing Worf for so long. Really? Yeah, his his voice got lower, but, you know permanently because you were playing wharf all the time and he, it it just lowered the tenor in his voice in his everyday life he's also got the best outtakes if you want to watch like track outtakes like his are always the best he's also rich as hell well, he was because... in like he was in like that he was in deep space nine he had that Whoopi goldberg sitcom he was well even all of even with all of that what he'd been doing with his day job is refitting and then reselling planes, so he's just making bukus of money off of it. Hmm. Like the someone at a convention, someone asked a panel of them, like, "All right, which which of you has made you know has the most money?" And they were just like, "Dorn," and he's just he's sitting there chuckling. And they're like, shut up, Dorn. And he's like, he's because apparently he's he's just filthy rich. He's from supposed this to be plane refitting. He's supposed to be one of the more approachable, like of all that cast, isn't he? That's pretty impressive because that's a really approachable cast in general. 
And I think, um, um, well, I think, I think Deep Space Nine, like the guy that played Quark, and sadly he's passed, yeah. but um, the guy that played Nog. Odo were supposed to be, oh yeah, super approachable. Because one guy said they, he asked them something, and they were talking to him. The handlers like tried to shoo him away from them, and they told their handler like to shut up because they wanted yeah. to talk to him. That's uh, hey, Renee Aubergenis was. I mean, okay, I'm sorry. I always screw that up. I try so I, hard, but I'll screw I it up. Only, I'm only saying this because I like pronouncing the name. <laughs> um, and Armin, Armin Shimmerman. Unfortunately, yeah. the the guy that played Nog also passed away, um, which is a shame. And but um, uh, Renee also played Father Mulcahy in the Mash movie. He was he was, hey, he uh, was Mr. House in New Vegas also. He was in Benson. Yeah, I'll remember that show. Yeah, yeah. my mom watches That's that. That's really. So I... Yeah. He did an episode of Night Gallery. He was um he was a German assassin and archer. <laughs> he was he was, but I have like I've met Jonathan Frakes and super approachable guy. Uh, his he I think his gimmick whenever he uh if if you're a dude and you go meet him and you have a beard he's gonna compliment your beard no matter what. But uh, it's super approachable. The the time I met him, like, uh, I'm going to go get a picture. If I go to a convention, I go, I get a picture with him instead of an autograph because that's very, very clearly me as opposed to an autograph that's just their name on something, right? Um, but I was getting an autograph for a friend of mine. If I double him up, you know, you got a discount. Unfortunately, at the time, I was dressed as a Jedi, and I was like, yeah, uh, sorry about the uh, the franchise thing. Here he goes, no, I love crossovers. This looks great. And you have a great beard. And I was just like, thank you so much. I think like, I think, I think based on stories, James Duhon might be the best one because it kind of broke me up his story about that. Some like woman that was suicidal had written him a letter about it. He wrote her back and he's like, hey, I want you to I'm being I'm going to be like here. I want to see you there. And she started yeah. kind of meeting him at conventions every year, and then he, like, forgot about her. And she sent him, like, a year later and was like, you know, you saved my life doing that for me. Yeah. Um, okay, this is this is a deep cut, and very, I think very few people are going to remember this one. But um, the there used to be a magazine that my brother and I would buy called Inquest Magazine. Oh, I and, used to get that too. Okay, do you remember Rick remember Swan? That. Yeah. Okay, Rick Swan had a story about being at a party, <laughs> and he picked up, he was getting stuff from the the buffet and dropped it all over his new shoes, and he was staying there and he went, "Son of a bitch, ass shit, damn it!" And he heard this, "Huh," talking like that, and he turns around and it was James Duhon, who. <laughs> Who was scowling at him for talking like that at this party? And the article ended with the st- the fact that you guys remember this blows my mind. But it was a said, wizard. It was a wizard. Um, it was a wizard property because I remember wizard. I didn't care as much about, but my my jam in the late '90s and early 2000s was Inquest and Toy Fair every month. Yeah, well, I and, loved Inquest and but, Twisted Mega mm-hmm. Theater, which has my favorite scene ever, which is when they go to the Smurfs Village. And Spider-Man goes to Smurfette, like, so you're, like, the only girl in, like, a town of 100 guys. And she's like, yeah, and for 20 bucks, I can be your girl, too. And then there's, like, a panel of silence, and he's like, 20 bucks, huh? So there was um, – the the thing that got me is at the end of that article, he said – and so that's how I ended up at a party 
sitting sitting in a corner scarfing down cheese cubes with dirty shoes wishing someone would beam me the hell out of town because um, he so offended James Duhon that James Duhon <laughs> made I, these loud <laughs> I guess uh, sounds of disgust. I guess Nichelle Nichols is like was a total delight at conventions before her Alzheimer's. Yeah, Cause she I, was. Because I heard she was almost happier to be there and meet people than like the fans were sometimes. Yeah, I I was at um I was at a con she was at at one point and she just what they they had basically the utility carts that they used to to help uh, move around some folks that might have mobility issues and so I saw them they would take her from her booth to panels and stuff like that she seemed to be having the best time just sitting on the back of the cart smiling real big waving to everyone just thrilled to be there having a great time it, it made I, me smile to see her there because she just apparently seemed to be enjoying herself so much. I mean, in a way, like, wouldn't you? Like, oh, yeah. I mean, there. I, I imagine there are some some actors who think too highly of themselves that it's like, oh, it's like, look, these people remember you, and pretty much, depending upon, I guess, what role you did that they want your autograph, it's like, you could pretty much just ride this out for, like, years or decades as the original Star Trek uh, crew did. It's like these people, remem- Jason yeah, David these people Frank remember Jason Yeah, these people remember you. They're gonna pay money to come see you. Why not have like a good time? Like a convention yeah. to me, like if I, I if I was like that famous, to me it would just be like basically I get paid to come to an event in which people are gonna pay me more money <laughs> to get my autograph or photo. And then it's just like you're shooting the shit with them. It's like a party. It's just yeah. basically like a, a weekend long party where you're just having fun. The, That's how the I would approach it. Ones that that probably don't have fun are the folks who have their booth set up there and then don't have people come by most of the time, and and then I imagine that that's that doesn't feel great. Yeah, but sometimes but, sometimes I have no pity for them when it's like you were like a crew member in the background and you want a hundred bucks for an autograph. Of course, no one's like coming over to. Well, see yeah, them. but like uh, one year I'm I met Carlos Ellis Rocky. And he and I stood there and talked for 15 minutes because nobody came and stopped us. I had great fun talking with Carlos Ellis Rocky. We talked about because he did the voice of Bane in um, the animated series. He was uh, Deputy Garcia on Reno 911. He and I had a great time just talking about Bane. You oh, wait, know, he was was he also Rocco's voice? Yes. Oh, that I would love to meet him. Yeah, it, we had a lot of we had a lot of fun. Underrated, uh, just, one of my favorite cartoons of all time is Rocco's Modern Life. It got a little weird for me sometimes, but it was a fun show. It's fun as an adult because he really slipped a lot of a <laughs> lot of stuff in there. Well, yes, there's a there's a joke that I didn't get as a kid about the fact that Rocco worked at a at a sex hotline. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> But, like, there's there's some stuff as an adult. It's like, wow, I can't believe this is on a kid's network, and I understand why there's, like, five banned episodes. Well, consider an Animaniacs joke. It's like, I found Prince, and he, Yakko goes, no, no, fingerprints. And he, she looks at Prince, and Prince grins and kind of winks at her, and she goes, no, and just pitches him out the window. It's like, that was on a kid's show. There's a lot of stuff about the Animaniacs. Yeah. We'll get to that. Cause it's yeah, of... we'll get there. So, uh... uh can I go back to something really quick? Yeah. yeah. Uh, just to go back to the whole, like, having fun at a convention. Sure. Uh, there, sometimes you get miserable people. Like, 
look, it, kind of take this to the convention that, that you guys went to recently. It's like mm-hmm. you – there are people that obviously like right now, if they were to do a convention scene, like a lot of wrestling fans would love to see. Like there's one coming up in Baltimore. I'm not – I am not committed to, to go to it. But it's going to be like MJF. It's going to be some other AEW stars like Adam Cole. Like a, obviously, there's going to be like a lot of people who want to get their their autograph or a photo with them. But you guys went, and the guy that you guys talked about and had a great interaction with was Coco Beware. That guy hasn't yeah. been. No offense, I'm not. No disparaging. Like that guy hasn't been relevant in wrestling in like 30 years. And yeah, you guys walked out, and it's like, oh wow, he was really fun. Because he he made he had a good time with it. He would engage with people. He'd be like, hey, what's going on? And he'd like talk you up. And yeah. to me, my my attitude when whenever I'm at like a convention and, and something like that happens, like I'm actually now more inclined to go up to you, and and actually pay you however much money, like well, reasonable price. Like you're, if Coco yeah. Beware is charging like a hundred bucks, like no. But no. if he's like charging like twenty bucks for like a photo or an autograph, something like that. And meanwhile, he's like chatting me up, telling jokes, being really personable. I'm like, okay, damn, maybe I'm gonna give you my twenty dollars. Mm-hmm. A guy who was actually good at that, um, that I in recent conventions I've been to, is Hacksaw. Like Hacksaw oh, is yeah. like so personable and such a fun guy that he's a guy that you you don't feel bad getting like an autograph or, or taking a photo with because he actually makes your experience fun. Yeah. Uh, Booker T was that way. Yeah, one one year at a con I was at, I went and Booker didn't have a line. Well, I mean, we've talked about it before. Harlem Heat was one of the tag teams in what I look back on fondly as a golden age of tag team stuff. Yeah, I talked to Booker T for ten minutes before somebody else showed up, and I I wanted to go talk to Booker more than I wanted to go talk to Nash. Um, so I did, and you know had. I would go back and talk to Booker anytime, anytime I saw him. And um, there are some people that go and they have a really good time. Um, Leslie David Baker, who played Stanley on The Office, has absolutely steered into the con life. He has the time of his life Is at conventions. Stanley the grumpy, yeah, the grumpy guy. Okay, he's he's one of my favorite characters because he's just aggravated about damn near everything. I like when they were doing. He was doing like um, when, uh, what was when the other guy took over because took over as the manager and he was playing Closing Time by Semisonic and Stanley's like I hate oh, that yeah. song but I love to hear it. I, I hate that song but I love that song because I get to go home. Yeah. Uh, uh, the the th- I think part of what makes that show. Uh, so beloved is the fact that there's they they put so much care into writing characters as being fun so and everyone got kind of a chance to shine or do something really funny so i think that's part of the the long-term popularity of it but any there are some folks that go to cons and have a great time there are some folks that go there and they're they're sad because you know, no one's coming to see him. And, I, you know, I went and talked to Bobby Fulton a number of times, the one Brad and I went to, because I remember I worked shows with him. I was happy to see he was he was still around and out and doing stuff. But, you know, he didn't have a lot of interaction. So, you know, I imagine that's that doesn't feel great. But, you know, he's Bobby Fulton. I have a fun, funny, well, side story about like a celebrity being a cool dude. So 
I read once that after like a Dio concert, people would miss their bus. And like Dio made them stop the tour bus. He's like, what's wrong? And they're like, we missed the bus. He's like, well, get on. We'll take you home. Hmm. Why not have fun with it like that? I mean, if you're going to be in a position of of fame and power, then you. But people said he was nuts. They said like you'd meet Dio once and you'd see him like five years later and he'd remember you and he'd remember like your name and stuff. That's that's pretty wild to and me. He was like five foot three, too. <laughs> who's the uh, who's the guitarist for the Bruce Springsteen's E Street band? I can't remember his name. Um, My wife would Max. know. Oh no, Steve, uh, was it the, the guy who was on The Sopranos? I'm go- I've got to look it up now because I can't remember. Yeah, uh, let's look it up. Ne- uh, Nils Lofgren. Kelly um, said so, Johnny Van Zant, I think. No, it's ne- it's Nils Lofgren is who I was thinking Johnny, of. Johnny Van Zant is who I was thinking of. So. There's um, Christopher Titus, a comedian, tells this story about uh, Nils Lofgren came to one of his shows and he he, came, he talked to him afterwards. He's like, I don't know if you know who I am. And I'm Nils Lofgren. He goes, you're Nils Lofgren. Of course, I know who you are. And, you know, he, he got to know Nils Lofgren, had a great time. And then he said, here's the thing. He's only this tall. He's like he's he's like a munchkin with a guitar, but he's a god on stage. So. And uh, they they went to a concert and they they're watching the concert from just from in the wings. And his wife looked at Titus and went, no offense, but I might do him in front of you. And he looked at her and goes, no offense, honey, I might do him in front of you. (laughs) Like the guy just has such presence. But, you know, he's apparently a munchkin also. So. It's also funny if you, someone sees like a Def Leppard video for the first time and realizes their drummer only has one arm. Yeah, that's ah, that's that's impressive. Yeah, it is. It's really impressive. So we're gonna hit up nine thirty here. Yeah, <laughs> back we, to cartoons. <laughs> we actually get we actually get one of many TMNT I, ripoffs here. Can I interject? Yes. Go for now, it. his name. All I can think of is. Is Holy Diver by Dio. Yeah. <laughs> That's a great song. Yeah. Yeah. Holy Diver! It's a shame we don't do video feed because I believe you probably would have seen all three of us kind of headbang. Yes. With that. <laughs> and then we, we didn't immediately get a copyright strike. Oh, uh, yeah, that's yeah. also true. Just that's for like also the true. two seconds of that. So. Yeah. 9.30, we get Skeleton Warriors, which is one of many TMNT ripoffs we've talked about before, but, like, Biker Mice from Mars, Street Sharks, Mummies Alive, and this. I never saw this um, because I did not have the CBS cartoons at this point. Wait, wait, Brad, we can't do this and not bring up my favorite joke about that that genre of shows with the tattooed alien fighters. That's a Power <laughs> Rangers ripoff. <laughs> it is. It's I, it, you're right, but that the name of that show is just by itself. You is should funny. you should look it up on YouTube to see how like low rent it is. Oh, I have no doubts how low rent it is, but it's still just the name is hilarious to me. Like VR Troopers looked like it was made in someone's garage. I can't imagine how bad that one would be. Oh no, it's, you know, it's VR, Tro- VR Troopers wasn't that bad. No, it, it was well the lot the, the American live action stuff, but the um. The, like the whatever Japanese anime, whatever Japanese like live action 
um, show that was ripped from. Yeah, I that felt like looked the, pretty the, good. That was pretty good. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, maybe, but if they had done more than spend 50 bucks on the tapes they'd found in the dumpster, because they, they always use the exact same footage every... Like, Power Rangers was bad about having the Rangers fight stock footage, sure, but VR Troopers used the exact same footage every episode. It was... I've, really bad i feel like where power rangers really abused that was like the megazord transformation and like the finishing moves oh yeah but they're they were kind of following in the uh the the voltron uh tradition in that because they use the same animation there but then like when they would reuse some monsters that's i think also where they committed some sins because i think i think um yeah because there were a couple fights I know they like just did like they just kind of recut it a little bit. Yeah. Oh yeah, that absolutely happened. So did either of you actually watch Skeleton Warriors by any chance? Uh, nope. Okay. No. Let and us... The thing is, I actually I own it. I own the series on DVD and not even like a bootleg DVD. I think <laughs> like Amazon. Amazon like sells the entire series, of which there was only like I think thirteen episodes. Yeah. Wow. God. Yeah. Okay. Um, so then at 10, if you heard that for the love of God, the dog's bothering me. Okay. That wasn't anything anyone said. That might have hit the mic because I didn't um, mute myself. I, That's all right. I felt like I heard your dog a little while ago, but I didn't want to say anything. Well, she decided she's well again. My dog's been sick, people. She does, She decided she's been well again, and she's been a little barbarian the last three days. <laughs> okay, so 10. I did watch the show, and I love the comic, but Wildcats, um, which is oh, very dude. 90s. Very, it very. Is, it is like the most 90s uh, most 90s cartoon in existence. Because this is a Jim Lee property. This is probably... And it's kind of fallen off because he's really neglected it. And it doesn't do well if he's not writing it. But I think... um Didn't... um Oh, crap. I can't think of his name. Grifter? No, I was trying to think of who wrote it for a while. and I can't, Oh, Warren Ellis, uh, I think, wrote it for a while. Oh, Warren Ellis, yeah. Yeah. So uh, this is like a your standard. Well, this is like an image show because like uh, this and Savage Dragon were like the first image shows to get like properties, and then Spawn hit HBO a couple years later. Um, so this is kind of a very '90s image comic. This is like when team books were like the thing. Well, the nice thing about a, a team story like that is that you get to have interplay between the the characters and dialogue and and discussions and that sort of stuff. The thing about SWAT cats, like the premise was, was bonkers. Like these two guys got drummed out of the, the police department for this city had a fighter jet division because sure, let's go with it. And they, yeah, right. And they got, they were, they got fired and busted down. Like apparently they couldn't be fired from working for the city because government job, I guess. So they're working in the junkyard, but this fighter division is dumping so many high tech parts in this particular junkyard. They're able to build their own jet. That's better than anything that the active division is using and their own missiles and some, and their base. I, I don't even understand how that part works. They're based with hydraulic lifts and the bay and everything and be masked vigilantes that people don't know who the hell they are. 
But you know what? It was so damn cool. You know, that, that show is didn't even matter. That show was really popular and then Ted Turner got it canceled because he didn't like violence on his shows. Mm. So but I think I think with Wildcats, this is about Matt's philosophy of like the five man band because you had leader guy, you had mm. the strong guy, um Wait, wait, wait. Are we talking about the same thing? This is Wildcats, not SWAT Cats. Oh, I'm thinking of SWAT Cats. Oh, yeah. God. I'm so sorry. Oh, that's okay. Which is a great show. Yeah. I wasted a perfectly good rant on the wrong show. I, I, Damn. I, I, do not, you do not think SWAT Cats <laughs> it's, is a superior show and a, and a really good show. Yeah, that's it, better than this. It's fun. It's just don't think too hard about it. But see, this is this is the dumb thing, though. Because so like when you watch this, so if you liked Wildcats and you read the comics comics are much more mature than what the, the tv show was sure because um, you're going for a more mass market yeah and savage it's... dragon was much more guilty of that than wildcats was yeah yeah mm-hmm. uh swat cats is another one that i have on dvd um yeah. i have like the like official release on that uh that was a great show if if you if for folks who are listening if you want to go back <laughs> You want to linger longer. You want to go to an old episode, Linging the episode like, from from like two <laughs> years ago that we talked about cartoons. I SWAT Cats was was discussed in that. Like that yes. really a, a show that doesn't get enough attention. It's it and it's the forgotten. animation is really good in that show. It's good. It's it's kind of it's kind of in a way little like vaguely um, anime esque. Uh, but it's it's a solid show. It's such a good yeah. show. And they don't re the only the only animation I remember them reusing is like the jet takeoff and maybe some of the missile fire. I'm changing, I think. Oh yeah, suit you you have your suiting up montage in the the vein of like you know the Batman the Adam West Batman show. So the suiting up, the jet takes off, and maybe some of the missile fire. But, but like, they did a lot of fresh animation for it. I also like what they did for season two, which is like, you know what? Like we did a lot. We did a pretty hard rock intro. Like we're gonna crank that up to ten, right? <laughs> and like make it even harder, and like make it even like the animation even darker and like cooler for season two. They, they really did. That was like the one thing where I think season two, like they dumped more money into the budget for it. Mm-hmm. So then at 10.30, we have the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles still hanging on. I think this is about the era that where they were just going for broke with every... I never got to see the end of it, but there was one episode that had every villain minus Shredder that the Turtles faced show up in the same episode. I don't, I, like, I, I don't think I'd watch the show in a couple years by this point. But I, I saw the reveal where everybody's there and it's got like Spike... And Mega Mouser and Baxter Stockman and others that I can't even remember off the top of my head, and they they all square up and they're in the sewer and the turtles are like oh we this oh my god and then I'm looking at this and I'm waiting for the the break and then my parents are like all right we got to go and I was just like oh. I'm seeing okay. when the Tekken toy came out. Because I don't even think, I think it had been a long time since I even had, oh, 1990. So I hadn't even bought like any of the turtle toys in years by this point. What was the mechanical turtle? Uh, Metalhead. Metalhead. Was he allied or enemy? Enemy. Okay. He varies. Really? I thought he 
He he varies depending on the sick. properties. If you think about the video games, you fought him a lot in the video games. I could never keep it straight. It depends on what you read. Like sometimes in the comics, he's like a peripheral helper. Okay. Just depending. Um, but yeah, I think he was used as a bad guy in that. There was also like the evil turtle, which is like Slash. Yeah, Slash, not Spike. That's what I was thinking of. Yeah. In the comics, like in the the ID the IDW series is actually worth reading if you want like kind of the original creator rewriting it with uh, okay. more stuff in it. It's worth your time. Um, just get a reading guide because there's a lot of side series to it. <laughs> okay. But Slash is kind of like starts out as a bad guy and then like that he kind of becomes a good guy. They have like a they have like a very convoluted relationship with old Hob who never made it into the cartoons. Okay. So yeah, and Usagi Jimbo shows up in this. He also has a long-running comic book. Yeah, I remembered. I, I didn't know about his other series, but I remembered him being. I had one of the toys of Usagi Jimbo. Yeah, I did too. So. I had the I had the toys for. I don't remember where I fell off with it. Probably about 90 or 91 is when I stopped getting the toys. But for a while, I had, like, everything. Well, my brother and I would also, um, uh, because my brother being younger than me, means that we kept accumulating for a while. Um, So, They were good toys, though. I I, I liked the turtles. Generally. uh, Once they became the turtles and, like, different sports uniforms you knew they were they were pretty well done yeah but like that was cool at first like when they did them in disguises i thought that was cool but then they started getting weird like the turtles that would turn into turtles like the transforming ones like they got weird i I was thinking more of the um the the turtles like the lineup in football uniforms because i don't know yeah or um you know, the turtles as skateboarders and i'm like uh i i really don't understand the why you know what upset but, me is the, when they did like the frogs that there were four frogs they never did all of the frogs they only did one oh really yeah they I, only did one did they i thought they did two they might have done two they never did all four no, i would have figured that would have been a been ripe for a battletoads crossover <laughs> Uh, since we're talking about turtles, did have you guys seen um, the the toy company is is NECA? Did you see the um, Universal Monsters um, kind of tie-ins that they've done? They're too expensive. Mm-hmm. I always like the NECA stuff. Like they did this like Phantom figure. Well, no, they did Defenders of the Earth, and I really like them. And then I looked at the price, and they are fifty bucks a pop. And I'm like, well, I'm not buying those. The 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 turtle universal monster ones I'm seeing uh, online for like 30, 36 bucks, which is still expensive, that's but that's not as bad. At least I, you talked about metalhead super seven uh, put out a, a new version of that recently. Cause they've been, they get, they have, they're one of the people who have the turtle license and they bring out some, some cool turtle toys, but yeah, it's like 45 bucks. Uh, super seven has been putting out, Figures for both Thundercats and recent now more recently for Silverhawks, and again it's like forty five bucks. It's like it's it's ridiculous. I, I can't I can't do that. I'm kind of grumbling because I've been getting into collecting the Marvel Legends uh, 
toys and their price was twenty dollars. Now that's edged up to twenty three. Yeah, and I think that's but at go least to twenty five pretty quick. That's insane. But even that, at least with those, it's like figures that you know are going to be popular. Well, like this upcoming wave that they it hasn't actually I don't think officially been released yet uh, in stores. But the, there's an upcoming wave where it's a armadillo build a figure. Um, yeah, I, I, I actually pre ordered. I didn't pre-order all of those. I, I ordered a few of those, but there's the, there's a new Miles Morales figures in that, and that you better pre-order that because that is the first one of him in his spider suit proper, and that is going to oh, that is yeah, going to I, be I insane to find. I'm I'm I did not pre-order it. I may have to order it sooner rather than later because it's already like thirty six bucks, like anywhere you, you can actually find it in stock, and. and it probably will go up from there, but yeah, like that, that's, that's incredibly expensive. Um, but then again, you, you were talking about like the, the new eternal figures they just put out. They're already like dropping price because they're not, no they're one terrible. cares about that. Yeah. I mean, like they're terrible and no one cares about those. I got, I got yeah. all the Shang Chi ones. I didn't really care about them, but I wanted the Mr. Hyde build a figure and I got all those for like 14, $15. I think I got the entire, except for Nick Fury, I got the entire Captain Marvel line for like $10 a figure. Not all of those uh, Shang-Chi figures are bad. Some of them are bad, but some of them are, are, are pretty cool. Yeah, they're uh, all and, terrible, uh, but there just was no demand for those. Cause, like, and I think the Eternal ones, like, I don't know who like who um, greenlit that. And even if you want that, the Beyond, like the, the Watcher, I mean, I think mm. that, that What If line looks like it flopped pretty bad, too yeah i i haven't seen it discounted yet but i'm kind of waiting for that because i might pick those up uh if i can find them cheap i only got zombie cap and the sharon carter cap um figures Mm -hmm. those those are the two better figures from that line yeah yeah and the sharon carter one has i've seen some serious markups on that because like that one was cool but like none i mean the doctor strange one was weird and who wants, like, T'Challa as Star-Lord? <laughs> and I think it didn't help them that the, that the What If show was really bad. I haven't seen that one yet. The animation's really crappy. And I tried to watch it, and I got, like, a couple minutes into an episode, and I was just like, I'm good. <laughs> so, um, 11 to noon, we saw Garfield and Friends holding on for, like, I think they're into, like, year seven or six maybe i don't understand how but there they are yeah um noon is beekman's world so then that is cbs that is um i feel like they actually have a better lineup than abc overall Mm -hmm. not a great lineup but um some some variety there good adventure lineup i think with with the meat of that lineup. It, 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 yeah, it's got some good... It, the problem that it has is um, <laughs> what it's up against. Yeah. As, uh, in in other years, it it would probably be a stronger lineup, but... Yeah. Uh, so, we, we're going to get... We're going to... So, this is the elephant in the room for this year. So, Fox... This is God, Fox kills. This is this is what I would call for me is the golden age of Saturday morning cartoons. This lineup right yeah. here. 
So let's start this off. And we're going to do two with this one because this the first one gets replaced in the winter. So Dog City's holding on. But that actually, the lineup gets moved out. And that actually gets bumped for Spider-Man, the animated series. Which I think Shad and I agreed on when we talked about this. That I think Spider-Man, the animated series, is better than X-Men as a show. It is because uh, you don't have to do as many ensemb ensemble pieces. Go ahead, Matt. I'm sorry. I, I actually, I would agree. Maybe if he actually stack it up, it, it is, it would be. Now, the that's not saying it's perfect. Yes. Because every, every Spider-Man episode had the Uncle Ben line in it. Usually mm -hmm. at the beginning and the end. Um, <laughs> it's, it's like in the, the Weird Al Spider-Man song. He says, if you missed it, don't worry, they'll say the line again and again and again. That definitely happened in this animated series. But the series pulled off some really cool stuff because you got good introductions to a bunch of characters. And a lot of good guest stars. And it, they also adapted one of the best Spider-Man stories into the show. They did a lot different, but the, the kid who collected Spider-Man got adapted into Spider-Man which is probably one of the most heartbreaking ones, which is, so Spider-Man visits this girl and um, it goes into this whole Doc Ock thing and he drops her off after like a two-parter and he leaves and she's in a home for like terminally ill cancer patients or children, I okay. should say. So that that's adapted straight from like, I think a Roger Stern story. Okay. So that is one of the, the top Spider-Mans. And um, but I just thought it was a great show, and it even ends with like the Secret Wars, like is a mini series. Oh wow, I didn't realize that. It, that I think that was um, around the time I I'd kind of quit watching Saturday morning stuff. But our characters I remember being introduced on this show, other you know Spider Man and a bunch of villains. So Green Goblin, Hobgoblin, the Lizard. Um, don't remember seeing Rhino pop up for some reason. No, I think then, Rhino was in it because his armor was a little goofy. Okay. Other characters that showed up. Morbius shows up. Blade. Punisher. Like, all of these guys show up Doctor and they do a good Strange. job with it. Doctor Strange, yeah. Dormammu, uh, Madam Web, Captain America, Electro. Yep. Um, yep. The X-Men show up. The, oh my God! There was a great line from that crossover because you remember how in the in the show Storm was always super dramatic with what she would power of winds something something right. So she does this thing. She goes power of winds. Answer my call. And Spider Man goes um power of web shooters. Be really sticky. <laughs> it's um, stuck in my brain for years. Hammerhead, Silvermane. Um. Mm -hmm. They did like the whole um, the tablet storyline from the comics, which is like a 60s into the 70s storyline. Like they went old school with that. Um, they did. I'm trying to think who else is in that. Carnage and Venom were in it, obviously, because they were big at the time. Didn't they even have Doppelganger in it? I don't remember if he was in it or not. You might be thinking of the video game for Maximum Carnage because I, was... I do remember that because I remember the um, the arc, the the comic arc for it. Yeah. But I swear Doppelganger showed up, and that might have been their way of trying to truncate and fix the uh, the Clone Saga. And it's also the only adaptation in media that's gotten Craven the Hunter right. 
Mm-hmm. Oh, they did yeah. Calypso, didn't they? They did like his his wife. Yeah, they did. I don't remember that part. Yeah. I'm I... not. I'm not gonna argue. I'm just gonna say I don't remember it. But it's it's really. Oh, they did Black Cat too, wasn't it? Well, yeah, Black Cat. I think Rocket. I, I... I think Rocket Racer was in it. I don't know. Uh, I don't remember that. I think Prowler was too. But, yeah. Oh, and Vulture was in it. Vulture was weird in it though, because Vulture was more—they're doing like more his armor phase where he could like suck um, people's youth away. Okay. I was waiting for you to finish that statement. Oh, and um, Chameleon <laughs> was also in it. And Electro. I remember yeah. Electro being a, a big oh, presence. I'm forgetting the, the because of when Electro was in it, they—they they, he was like a henchman for Red Skull when they did it. Oh, okay. So that's how Cap showed up. Okay. Because they, so was... they treated Cap like the legend he was in, like, Spider-Man. Right. So that was, that bumped Dog City, and to call back Dog City was a Jim Henson property, which was, it was kind of nice. It was like a uh, pulp noir show. Yeah. Where where the main character, the main character, the animated main character would have conversations with the animator who was the Muppet. Oh, okay. So it was. Yeah, I, I enjoyed that dynamic. That was fun. So we have Power Rangers, which is um, we've talked about before. Yeah. Um, then we I'm get. I'm pretty sure I was right in the pocket for that. 9 a.m. We get Animaniacs. I do not know if Animaniacs had been on in syndication at this point, but this is like, it had. It was like Animaniacs was a big thing where like Pinky and the Brain got like a prime time slot for like a couple of years. Yeah. And um, I think this had been on in syndication and they were bringing it to Saturday morning for for more mm-hmm. ratings. But this was a I mean, this was a huge show. Um, really a lot of great characters out of it. Uh, my my least favorite was probably Mindy and Buttons. Mindy and Buttons got got the spot because um, when Steven Spielberg and his team were at his house working on it. They had uh, easels set up with all the different characters on it. And his daughter or niece, like daughter, niece, something of one of the guys came through and looked at it and said, this one, I like this one. And they're like, well, I guess Mindy and Buttons is in the show then. Um, Chicken Boo was the best one. <laughs> I forget about Chicken Boo all the time. I just heard it, the song like, um, the song all is yeah is a is an earworm of a song. Yeah. But Animaniacs was fun because it it was a throwback to that Looney Tunes style, but modernized very well. It it also learned the mistakes that Tiny Tunes had made and like kind of like corrected yeah. a lot of those issues. Yeah, there's um. I know he's not as popular as he used to be, but the Nostalgia Critic did an interview with a bunch of people that worked on Animaniacs. And the the folks that worked, like the writer, the, the head writer and that sort, they're still really funny. There's this whole – he he said to him, he's like, well, what do you do now that the show's over? What are you doing now? And um, he goes, well, I spent a lot of time working in my garden. I planted one of these, and now I've got a whole wheelbarrow. And he's got all of his Emmys piled up in a wheelbarrow. He goes, look at how many I have now. <laughs> And uh, they had um, the 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 woman who voiced uh, Slappy Squirrel. He just he started. He said, "I want to talk to Slappy Squirrel directly." And the woman's like, "All right, let's do this." 
And so he's throwing all this stuff at her trying to trip her up, and she's still funny. And the the main um, – the writer was also the guy that did the voice of Mr. Director. And he he can still do the whole Mr. Director shtick. It's really, really – it's worth looking up. It's a lot of fun. The, um, the relaunch was not good. I gave well, it like four episodes, and it did not grab me. I have not watched any of the re- relaunch stuff, but the, the old classic stuff is just – the fact that they did so much stuff that was funny to kids, but then the parents could also get a kick out of. Uh, I enjoy it when they do stuff like it that. It also had a Howard Stern satire on it. It did. What was he? Was he like a... What? I know Robin was a Robin, but what was he? Was he like a seagull? I'm not sure. I don't remember that. I, I remember that it happened, but I don't remember any of the details. Yeah. Let's see. So then um, 930's Eek... eek, eek extravaganza this is him with like sideshows i think this is the last year for that but eek is um you can get some decent mileage out of eek is like a slapstick show eek and then the uh the cavemen were even more slapstick i think there was another one with it because the, the cavemen were involved with like the thunder lizards but i think they had added another show at this point i'm not sure so then uh 10 a.m is the adventures of batman and robin this is like kind of it winding down before they relaunch it with Superman next year or the year after. Um, Robin is more pronounced than this. I don't think the budget had gone down, so he hadn't gotten like the 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 kind of the weaker episodes with like um, that sitcom actress like kidnapping her family and stuff. I don't think we'd gotten to that. Oh, point Baby yet. Doll. Yeah. Baby Doll. I really liked that episode. I think this is like the season we got Bane with this show. Uh, I think Bane was season. Three and adva- they switched to the title being the Adventures of Batman and Robin season yeah, four. I, if I, I remember right. I think they did the Zuko stuff on the Adventures of Batman and Robin. Zuko, Tony Zuko. That's who killed his parents. Mm-hmm. Wait, Grayson's or, or the Wayne's? Grayson's. Okay, yeah, because um, because Johnny Chill our, killed the the Waynes. They went with the Joe Chill. Yeah. For in that continuity but yeah i remember the one because batman was trying to stop um robin from going after them because he was like you are nowhere near in the in the right headspace for this yeah but it didn't matter so at 10 30 we get a heavy hitter the tick debuts i love the tick which was this was a popular show with adults and stuff because this show does a lot it who's the jerk who calls himself the tick that's one of my favorite ones. Like, I am that uh, jerk. <laughs> that line is amazing. I still like, like sulky like Achilles in his tent. <laughs> and they're like, everyone's just dumbfounded. And he's like, Homer, the Iliad. <laughs> and my, my favorite part of that episode, too, is um when Arthur takes the puppet off his hand. And the and the, oh, yeah. the, the, the ton looks at his hand and he starts screaming. And then Arthur's just there stomping it. And then when he comes back later, like, um, Handy has an eye patch because his eye yeah, fell out. because Arthur beat the crap out of it. And, and I, Human Ton is completely incapacitated by it. I also like that one, too, because Tick wanted to do battle cries. And Arthur's like, okay, like, you mean, like, not in the face, not in the face? Spoon! I also like from that episode is that the terror had bore a grudge for like 70 years and he just randomly like popped up 
in like yeah. the 70s and like punched out Teddy Roosevelt's like um, Mount Rushmore <laughs> bust. Um, do you remember in the the Battle Cry episode was also the one where um, uh, was it where the Tick went and bought a bunch of equipment with Arthur's credit yeah. cards? Yeah. And it, they had the signal, the 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 tick. He like he took the tick signal down there and like, well, we'll put it with the others, but we don't use them much. Really, why not? It's like, well, for example, this is Deflator Mouse's signal. Every time we turn it on, he unplugs his phone and leaves sound for two weeks. That, yeah, that was my favorite. <laughs> the tick is seriously, it's amazing. Just it, it's so well written and so much fun. It's a shame that the Super NES game wasn't no but because uh, it, it was a site it was a side scroller beat up that was only one player that defeats the whole purpose it does and they did that with uh, the death and return of superman too it's like no it's a side scroller beat up you don't do that also the comics are quite a bit darker the comic is still hilarious but the comic gets dark I think the comic is the one that featured the uh, the samurai that smuggled his sword into into oh, the country the by samurai? hiding it. Yeah, yeah. He hit it in, the hit it in that uh, baguette. Yeah. yeah, and he never took it back out of the baguette. Nope. <laughs> it gets a little dark, but it um, it's still good. Yep. Um, it's it's really good. It's it's I, probably, I would say, of like this run of cartoons that we've done, the Tick is probably my favorite of everything. Tick is really good. And even even like the opening the opening theme music is like super earwormy. Oh yeah. Dup dwee dup dup yeah. dup dwee dow. Yeah, it it's it is it is right up weird category for it to be in, but in the mainly a cappella kids show theme music, it's like top two. Right up there with the where in the world is Carmen San Diego? Yeah, Carmen San Diego is probably better overall. It, well, yeah, because that was Rockapella's like gig, but yeah, still really good. Um, so then eleven o'clock we get the X Men. I think we're getting like the 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 Phoenix Saga this year and stuff with it. Did do you guys see that they're actually bringing that back? I did. Yeah, I don't. You know, I'm really, I'm kind of getting over that, like um. Yeah, because it's just it's never good, and it's just like a lot. I think part of like part of the reason we did this, and I think what we've kind of illuminated is, you know, you have nostalgia for this stuff, but it's usually not as good as you remember it being. That's fair. Like it's some of it's fun to look back on, and some of it's fun to revel in the the kind of goofy over the topness of it, like. I know, looking back, Cowboys of Mesa is incredibly cheesy, but it's still fun because I can I can just roll around in the utter cheese that it was. But it's not good. It's like when they did that live action Cowboy Bebop movie and people were like mad it was bad. And I'm like, I never needed or wanted more Cowboy Bebop. Like they did a complete series as the anime with a anime movie and I'm good. Like I don't need new Cowboy Bebop. Like I just don't. Yeah. Uh, I'm. Yeah, I really don't. Especially since so many things that have been brought back because of quote unquote nostalgia just aren't good. Like I'm kind of off the nostalgia train 
Plus, it's like it just lets it it lets Hollywood be just completely creatively bankrupt. Yeah. It's like uh, if you want to do a sequel series, that can sometimes work, but just do new stuff. Like just please just to do new stuff. Don't just be a continuation. Well, especially uh, I don't know. especially I'll, I'll with watch. something like X Men because so you're you're gonna bring this series back, but like that is so far in the past in like such a niche time period. Like most of those characters are in such different places and so different based on other properties and stuff. Like you're really just like hitting a super niche fan. Just do an X Men series. Yeah. And do what you want to do. What what are you gonna what are you, if you're gonna reboot that series? What are you going to do that they haven't already done? Like seriously, what what is left for you to do with them? What iconic arc did they not cover? Because I can't think of one off the top of my head. Yeah, I I, I kind of agree with that. I mean, I did laugh at the. Them doing the reproduction of the the lady yelling at the cat with Cyclops yelling at Wolverine. Yeah, that okay. That's a fun meme. That's true. Um, I did. But, I do wish I had gotten in on the Marvel Legends earlier, so I could have gotten the the figure of him laying on the bed holding the picture. <laughs> that's yeah. It it's been a it, it's been a a good. Uh, good mining for some memes kind of stuff there but uh i don't know what do you do they did the phoenix saga they did um they did the kenosha arc they did magneto stuff all over the place they did um they did mr sinister arc in the savage land it's like i don't i don't know what else there is to do I would actually, if I wanted, if I wanted, if I wanted a new X-Men cartoon property, it would need to be more adult, but I would like an expanded, like, more adventures with, like, the the cast from First Class set in the 60s. Okay. I would be down for something like that. I could see that. <laughs> it, it's, it's tough because the... Like on one hand, I would be like, you know, I'm I'm way more interested in some of the lesser known characters and the the fun you could have with that, but they're not the ones that are are going to get people to watch the show. Yeah, and I think I think nostalgia properties are getting kind of tanked, like because like stuff like that He Man thing that Kevin Smith did that's just a total abomination is really yeah. just kind of salting the earth. I heard that's not doing well. Oh. Well, because I keep not giving people He-Man. Like, that's... Oh. It's like a bait-and-switch. Like, they, they're like... Season 2 came around like, oh, no, we're totally going to give you He-Man this time. Ha ha, just kidding. And... Wait, they went through the entire first season without He-Man showing up? It's pretty much the Tila show, and I think they switched to someone else this year. But the real problem is Kevin Smith's doing it, and Kevin Smith has not done something good or even mediocre in 15 years. And I don't know why people I don't know why people get excited when his name's attached to stuff and it's like he has actively been terrible for a long time. Because they remember oh, yeah. the stuff that he was really good with. But at this point, and... his good stuff is far outnumbered by his bad stuff. He has like three good movies to his name and like a couple of mediocre ones. Yeah, I I, I completely 
agree. He's he is the perfect example of law of diminishing returns. Yeah. He had like some good stuff early on, and early on is like we're talking like, by dogma. He almost was already, thirty years ago. We're talking yeah, by like dogma. Tw- he was going downhill already. I uh, thought dogma was was fine, um, but it's. Then but I his, thought Jay and Bob Strikes Back was fine too. I mean, well, no, but I'm saying like his. Looking. If you want to talk about what his good movies are, it's probably Chasing Amy and Mallrats. People like Clerks, but Clerks is really raw. I think Dogma was a little lesser than those, and Jay and Silent Bob was only really good if you had watched the other movies. But then when you get to stuff like Zack and Miri, that was okay, and then Clerks Two was not good. I have not seen I have not seen anything of his past um, Jam Bob Strike Back, and it's it's just because I don't know I, I haven't really felt the draw or didn't think it was necessary. My wife says Although, she loves Dogma, so I'll throw his. That. Well, I like you know I like Dogma fine. Um, the antics uh, around the Dogma protests and his stories about that are pretty you know amuse me as well. <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't hit the mute button in time. My apologies for that. Um, it happens to the best of us. And, uh, you know, you had, um, you know, you had some stuff that I thought, oh, you know, it's, it's it's fun, but I'm not looking for, like, high art out of it. I'm just looking for stuff that's fun and enjoyable, right? That's, um, you know, I'm not, I'm not, whenever I sit down to watch a movie, I'm looking for something that, I can have fun and enjoy watching because, frankly, I look around and the world sucks enough as it is, and I don't need, you know, the heartrending. Uh, I, I don't need like heartbreaking, heartrending stuff. It's like no, I'm 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 okay without that. Um, but then you start getting to stuff like Cop Out. That's where he's really like. Yeah, I heard about that, um, you know, stories with that one and that sort of stuff. But I'm, I'm just I, I have he, he captured a feeling of a lot of people in that generation with the first few movies. And that's great. But that's not what he's been doing. And uh, that, you know, it's not been stuff that people identify with, I guess. No. He kind of so, lost his sense of humor, I kind of feel like. I, I can tell you when I – because nobody's perfect. Like everybody's going to end up with something that doesn't perform well. But the story he did from his second night with Kevin Smith that I was kind of like, oh. It was when he, he talked about you know just how much pot he started smoking around the time oh, that, okay, that okay. Zach and Mary bombed. You know – Matt and I both agree on this because I've seen Matt espouse my exact thought on this. I have always felt like whatever meager talents he had got totally erased when he discovered weed. Yeah, he he just went out the window. And I'm not trying to make some sort of like statement against uh, if you smoke pot. No, I'm saying that's when his he just that's specific yeah, to it, him. Yeah. It, it yeah it, it it did not seem to be doing him any favors. progressively downhill from there yeah and i don't blame him like and i know a lot of people talk about his weight loss and stuff and i do agree like his sense of humor is totally gone now but i guess i guess it could be like when you because he really did almost die yeah and um i can Mm -hmm. see how that could rob you of your 
lighthearted um, take on life. And, you know, Jason Mewes is kind of a looks like an old lady now. He did not look good on that AEW appearance they did. Hop on that convention train and ride that sucker, man. You should. Yeah. A lot of people would love to beat him. Yeah. I mean, as big as his meet and greet, uh, his Q&A specials were, you know, uh, hell, go for it, man. Just, I mean, pimp that noise. But, you know, he ain't, he never called and asked me about it, so yeah. I can't really give him advice. I know, more people should listen to us. <laughs> if you agree with that, hit us up on our social media and let yeah. us know. But. <laughs> because, you know, because, you know, when a certain when a certain actor that may have murdered someone on the set of a movie did an interview, he should have called me and I said, dude, don't do it. Like nothing good will come of it. Yeah, that's that's not going to do you. Yeah. Do not go out there. Do not Prince Andrew this and try and give him the razzle dazzle to get ahead of it. Because see, if I was if I was a lawyer for someone in legal trouble, I would say, okay, here's what you do: shut the fuck up, and I'm gonna <laughs> give you this index card. Now, if you get into trouble with this index card, pull it out and read it. And you know what the index card would say? And it would be underlined and bolded. It would say, "Shut the fuck up." That's that's about the safest thing you can do. Yes. And that's always like people always think they can talk themselves out of stuff. It's like, no, you can't. You just dig the hole deeper. Like You are sh- not that smart. You are not that charming. Yep. And especially if you're an actor, you're dumber than the average person. So shut your mouth. Again, let, as someone who has a legal background, let me just give a, a really important life lesson for people out there. If you are in theory like you're going to be charged with a crime, there is a law enforcement interest in what you could have done um, or what you may have done. Do not talk to the cops. Do not, don't 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 talk to the cops. Don't, don't take also a polygraph. Give, yeah, don't give interviews where you discuss your legal liability for any sort of potential a crime that you have committed. Just li- literally keep your mouth shut. In other words, refer to the index card. Yes, yes. because here's why. You... Because when you when you talk, you put yourself on the record giving your um, your spin on the events, and the evidence may not match what you're saying, and that makes you more suspicious if you're going against the evidence. Mm-hmm. What you do is you say nothing, and then when you find out what the evidence is against you, even if you are guilty, then you can craft your story to the exact evidence and possibly have a chance of getting out of it. And the old adage is it's better to be thought a fool and be silent than open your mouth and remove all doubt. Yeah. Just shut up. But even just, if just... you have if you have cop friends, ask them what to do and they'll tell you get a lawyer and do not take a polygraph test. Just just shut up. That's actually something – if we ever want to do a side thing on true crime, it's something that I find really alarming in the true crime community. And a lot of people do this in general, but it's stigmatizing people in the United States that actually exercise their rights when they are in potential legal problems. And stigmatizing them and acting like people utilizing their rights to the fullest ability is somehow like an admission of guilt. Oh, okay. yeah. Yeah. It's the right. The right thing to do is I'm not saying anything to anybody until I have my attorney present who can keep me from stepping on a landmine. 
because yeah, even like, if go ahead, man. Go ahead. No, you go well, ahead. Well, even if you okay. In the scenario where you haven't done anything wrong, and we've gotten into a heavy-ass topic for a cartoon episode, but in the scenario <laughs> where you haven't done anything wrong, that doesn't mean that, that they're going to let you go because they don't know. They're trying to find out what happened, and if you sit there and you keep talking, you're just going to dig – you're going to end up digging yourself a hole because you're talking – they're going to listen. They want to know what you have to say because that's potential evidence. And from the human aspect, um, police officers are under immense pressure to solve these cases, which can lead to, at times, very poor judgment on their part about guilt or innocence. And you can be going in with the best of intentions and get yourself in a whole boatload of water because – they could be trying to solve a case and, you know, they could be lazy. They could be corrupt. You know, there's a lot of things that can go into that that could end up with you being totally innocent and being on the hook for something because you did not properly. You did not refer to the index yeah. card. What were you going to say, Matt? I'm sorry. I was just going to say, like, in certain communities, it's like if, if you were to plead the fifth, it was like, oh, it's proof. It's guilty. It's like, No. Like how many how many people in this country are literally railroaded um, by law enforcement? And it's like you you need to be aware of your rights and just not say anything. Like that's the, that's the best option. And then you know if you have a effective legal representation, then you, know, you can eventually let say certain things. But you just yeah you 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 need to make sure what your rights are and. You should always like you know further your rights, and I, I agree with Brad. It's like the, the whole true crime thing where it's like, well, oh, why why isn't you say? It's like no, no, you say shit. Like if if you're suspected of crime, you keep that keep that mouth zipped up. Okay, there's there's plenty of podcasts I've heard ads for, and this is not to dump on our competition because we're not in the same same genre, but they yeah. they're ads for this sort of stuff. Like, I hear them on my local radio station, and I'm like, wow, there is no way I will ever listen to this one. Like, the, the, uh, to, to call one of them out, the, um, there was one that was, there was a series that was called Missing on 9 11. And it's like, this person vanished. There's no emails, there's no credit cards, there's no use, there's no receipts. Who does that? And just hearing the commercial in my car, I went, I don't know, someone who died on 9-11 maybe. Like that was their hook, but it was a – that hook had no curve to it. There, it, was, it was just a dull straight line well, of wire. Another thing, or, people, another thing people get really upset about and they don't understand is if you are an adult, you have a right to disappear. And like if a family like if like because people don't understand that with like missing persons cases, sometimes the police do find them and the person said, don't tell my family I'm alive. And they have to honor that request. Um, there was another one. Um, uh, I can't remember who it was, but this guy's like, I cover true crime and the people who are who are messing around. I'm going to call them out and the people who are behind this. I'm going at in full force. I'm like, you ain't doing nothing, man. The the one that pisses me off with true crime is um, they they do this whole hullabaloo, and it's obvious from the circumstances that the person committed suicide. But yeah. they they do this whole thing, and they try and like 
get you know find suspects and stuff and it's like if you if you would just accept and not stigmatize people committing suicide and like understand that that actually happens you would understand that they killed themselves based on like what we're seeing here like because it's always like well they would never kill themselves and oh they had like all these mental health disorders including including depression and bipolar and they abuse drugs and it's like yeah um i'm pretty sure they killed themselves they there are people who end up doing that because they hide what their mental illness is because they don't want that out there because there are still people who treat them like utter dog shit for having some sort of mental illness and it's not their fault but you can't just get over it or you can't just feel better because it is a disorder in your brain and you cannot just coerce well, some people like the chemicals in your brain to change. Sometimes, some for some people, it's like a compulsion. If you if you've read like accounts of people like that have had to be medicated for it, they'll just be like, oh yeah, like I had to get medicated because if I saw if I saw an open window, I think about jumping out of it. Yeah, some some of those intrusive thoughts get really strong. And yeah, that that's that's rough. But they don't tell anybody that because they don't want everyone to think they're crazy. Well, that's what pissed me off with, like, Tom Cruise and his, oh, it's just exercises and vitamins. And I think Brooke Shields, like, shit all over him about her postpartum depression. It's like, yeah, like, you can say that, but you can't win against your brain. Like, you just can't. Like, if it's not putting the right chemicals into your body, like, it's going to win eventually. Like, you you can talk all this stuff about how people over-medicate and stuff, but there are people that legitimately need that because if they don't, and I have relatives like this, like if if they don't have their medication they will just slowly go back into like some really bad stuff and it's just like i'm tired of people acting like it's like this scam that you can just like get wish over away it. with yeah. exercise and it's like okay. no it doesn't it doesn't work that no. way okay i just to be real for a second like i said heavy heavy for uh our, our cartoon podcast but i had a stretch in my life where I was intensely depressed and really afraid I was going to hurt myself. And I couldn't figure out why nothing. I had no reason to feel that way. Nothing made sense. My thyroid was screwed up and it was screwing with my brain chemistry. You think I can just get over that or be happy with that, with my, my hormone levels off? No, it's not possible. And it pisses me off when the stigma is so bad, and I might have the numbers wrong, but I think the numbers were that like a third of adult Americans are going to have clinical depression at some point in their life. Of that third, one-third of men are going to realize something's wrong. Of that third, they're going to realize something is like seriously wrong, and then a third of them are actually going to get help. That's how screwed up the uh, the ratio is. Well. The, the really crappy thing about depression, too, is um, when people get on antidepressants, people don't realize, like, when they first get on the antidepressants, they're actually a bigger suicide risk a lot of times than when they are depressed because the depression was actually kill- keeping them from from doing it. And um, yeah. when they get on the antidepressants, it perks them up enough to act on it, which um, happens sometimes. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. Well, depression's not just being sad. Depression, it's a disease, and it sucks the life and joy out of everything you do. You, yeah. Everything you do feels like there's not a point to it, and you just kind of shuffle along with this thought of, well, this is what I'm supposed to do, so I guess that's what I'm going to go do. 
And, you know, when you, when things finally start to get better and you, you kind of get out from under that dark cloud, you know, you start doing things and having initiative again. It's, you know, I, I finally started feeling like myself when I started taking my thyroid medication and it was night and day. But, you know, I, I was in a place where I, I don't know, I guess I was cognizant enough to look around and go, okay, there is no, it does not make sense why I feel this way. I need help. Like, I, I can't do this myself. So, cartoons. Yes. Um, <laughs> where on earth is Carmen San Diego? Is 1130. Um, this was a decent show. This was the animated one. Yeah. With the operatic as hell. Uh, yeah. Uh, theme song, which was, it was really epic. And, um, you know, uh, a lot of fun. But it was, my problem is I would continuously measure it against the game show. Yeah, I, I had grew that up with that too. game show. That was, that was the things. I grew up with that game show like every day. I think Matt's trying to I play it. Yeah, yeah. Go for it. I was I was trying to. I did I didn't pull it up. Okay. Um, they did a they yeah, did a Netflix have... Carmen San Diego, but it looked like garbage. Um, a couple years ago. Really? Uh, I never heard about that. I saw it, yeah. and it's just that it's that it's that modern style where like everything looks like crap and like super minimalist because we've gone back to like the '60s on animation quality. Oh. Lovely. Delightful. I I mostly just love the uh the game show. Mm-hmm. Uh I'm looking up the Carmen San Diego Netflix show. Which wow. Apparently it ran for four seasons, although they must not have been long seasons because it looks like there's only thirty two thirty three episodes. Okay. Well, I mean, you, you uh, compare it to the game show, and you – I swear I would watch that game show as a kid and go, I could do this as long as the last map wasn't Africa. Otherwise, I could do this because I couldn't – for the life of me, I could not remember countries and capitals and stuff in Africa for some reason. But uh, I, I, I felt confident that I could have cleaned up on that show. <laughs> Plus, Rockefeller killed it with a theme. Yeah, um, that was just a fun, really fun show. Yeah, um, hosted by what was her name? The actress. You talking about the chief? Oh, yeah, she, she wasn't Thick the host, Pin. but she uh, was. Lynn, uh, go yeah, ahead, Lynn Thick, Lynn Thigpen. Uh huh. Who was just like a uh, like a character actor, but she was in a lot of really cool stuff. Mm hmm. Uh, I feel like she was she in um she was on Me with Morgan Freeman back in like the late eighties. Oh really? Which was supposed to be like the the biography or kind of like a biopic of um Joe Lewis Clark. Hmm. Yeah. She uh she was in a bunch of like TV shows. Yeah. Uh, she was on like Homicide, Life on the Street. She was a really great actress. And then. She was in some show with I, with uh, Craig T. Nielsen, I think, in like okay. the early 2000s, and then she died. She had like a yeah. 
brain cancer, brain I think. Hemorrhage. Yeah. Well, she had like a hemorrhage, brain, a cerebral hemorrhage, and she died okay. uh, like very, very suddenly. Yeah. Um, which is really unfortunate. But she she was a great character actress. I thought she was perfect in that role. Right. And that, I just loved that. That was just a fun show. And I loved all the crooks. <laughs> Vic the Slick. Um and that was the that was that show was the first time that I under I finally got a grasp at, at my young age on the the idea of um, exchange rates because they did that uh-huh. bit with the audience when they were offering they were offering you either get a T-shirt or you get like this denomination of some kind of uh, currencies like mm-hmm. this is a thousand yen. Do you not want a thousand yen? Like, no, I want the T-shirt. He goes, that's a good call because a thousand yen is worth about seven fifty. <laughs> And that that's the first time that I I've, I finally kind of grasped the concept, but uh, you know, it's, yeah, it, it this show is not it's good, it's it's just that they don't have there was not a self insert to it for you to enjoy, like you know, hey, you know, could I do this that sort of stuff like you could with the game show, but instead you had. Um, I for me the chief not being involved was a real downer. Yeah, that I think she had passed by that point though. But maybe. But you know, you didn't have the you didn't have the self insert to put it in. You had the the brother and sister who were fine. There's nothing wrong with them. It's just I, they didn't compare favorably in my head is the problem. Yeah. So, so let's let's yeah. finish this up here. So NBC is just say by the bell the new class for an hour. Name your adventure in California Dreams. Um, this so, is known as the friend of the show Zach D. Petrillo morning special. Yeah. So um, pretty much all morning long. So this is officially we have done a decade of Saturday morning cartoons with this episode. Yeah. And. and I, I feel like we've never been thrilled with anything except like a couple of Fox lineups. There's been competition between, as I remember, competition between different ones, but nothing has been the juggernaut that Fox was. Yeah, so let's just go around the table. I'm going to say I would probably find little reason to watch anything but Fox this year. So uh, what do you guys say? Uh, I... Looking at the lineups, even though I loved Batman and Robin, um, I feel like for that 9.30 to 10.30 hour, I'd probably watch Skeleton Wars and Wildcats. I actually probably pick Aladdin over Animaniacs, too. But I do say overall, Fox has the much, much stronger lineup. And I would, I would say that Fox ultimately wins this contest. For me, the uh, the only time looking at this that I would have switched off Fox would have probably been at the 930 hour just because I, I think I was just tired of the extravaganza thing. So I might have gone to reboot. But honestly, I think that was the block of time where I went and had breakfast on Saturday morning. Uh, like I can understand why reboot got strong with what it was up against in that time block. But, you know, I'm. You know, I, I'm a Muppet. I love the Muppets. So Dog City, I'm staying with because there's no way I'm watching Little Mermaid there. I was right in the pocket age demographic for Power Rangers. Loved Animaniacs. Um, 
loved Adventures of Batman and Robin and The Tick and X Men and Carmen Sandiego. There's there's and Spider Man the animated series bumped Dog City out, but you know that didn't take extravaganza was still at the 9:30 hour for the winter thing. So there's only one slot that felt like there was competition, and that was just because that was a particularly weak outing in my my opinion. I might have been watching something on cable at this point, like Gigantor. The new adventures of Gigantor might have been on Sci-Fi at this point, so I probably was watching that. Mm-hmm. It just, it, it just, nothing was for me. Nothing was competing with Fox in almost every block. It just wasn't happening. I will tell you because it came out around this era. It's, it was never on Saturday mornings, but Ronin Warriors was one of my favorite cartoons from this like era in syndication you know, I, I heard about it but i never did watch it it's probably bad that syndication yeah so um that is that is it for this year this year so next year is 1995 and we get the cw well warner the wb coming in with their cartoon lineup and that is probably going to be the last of these we do. We might do 1996, but that is going to be a judgment call, and I'm going to think we're going to shy away from that because we're not going to have anything to say. Uh, might be. And I think 95 we're only doing because WB comes in and we have opinions on those shows. How dare we have opinions, right? Yeah. <laughs> but we're going we're gonna to find some other cartoon stuff to do. Like, I think we might do that Disney thing. Um there's a couple other ideas I have mulling about in my head, so because mm-hmm. I thought about looking at some of like the Nickelodeon um, lineups and stuff, maybe doing something on like Snick, mm-hmm. maybe doing oh. like an adult animation one, and kind of sure. like talking about like some of those really shitty like Simpsons ripoffs from like the early '90s, like Fish Police and Capital Critters. Oh, uh, do you remember Family Dog? Yes, I do. It was terrible. Yeah. 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 That's. Yeah, we'll dig into that. Um, Brad, what are we forecasting to kind of uh, for the rest of the year? So next week, we're probably doing 1995 um, cartoons. We're going to do a year uh, year end awards. Um, we're kind of hemming and hawing about what the third episode is going to be. We're kind of talking about maybe doing a year in review because it was kind of a nutty, a nutty year. Um, we have a live stream with Tim on the 21st of December, and we're going to be talking about some evil Russians on that one, (laughs) which I'm excited about that because in my opinion, like the evil Russian is such a great, like tropey wrestling gimmick. Yeah, uh, it's 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 so much. And for the time period, it was just just excellent. Um, by the way, just to go ahead and do it for this episode, because we hadn't before. Justin, here's your obligatory reference. Um, but making it wait till the end for that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's the fun part. Um, I'm looking at uh, we were the year interview and our uh, our awards, which I think we're we kind of batted around calling them the foursies because we can't call them the cornies because we're blocked on Twitter by Cornette. So, yeah. Uh, 
But uh, we could that's... call them the assies in honor of the ass boys. <laughs> in honor of the ass. Boys. Actually, there's probably an award called that, so we can't call it that. No, no, we, I don't think we could get away with that. But uh, um, we might, if we can agree on it ahead of time, might even like post what categories we were looking at. Or we, you might find out the categories when we do the show. I'm not sure. Yet. I'll give a spoiler. WWE does not get my worst promotion of the year. Interesting. Yeah. It, it, it might be a shocker for people, but... Uh, oh, if you've listened to the show and have, like, heard me talk about them briefly, like, you'll guess who it is. I, I suppose that's true. I suppose that's true. Because they came out with a butterfly belt. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um... But we're talking about those, like we said, we've got that live stream coming up. So we, you know, we're looking to finish pretty strong and, um, you know, we'll be looking, uh, looking into all kinds of fun stuff uh, next year. And when we come back for the new year, we're in the countdown to episode 200. We are. I am. And I'll put, I'll say, I'll only say this much. I am going to see if. If I can wrangle us up some some good guests, because um, that would be pretty cool. But uh, I don't want to make any promises, and so we'll see what happens. We still, I still want to get Tim on for our shit on Star Wars episode too, as well. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, that is uh, this year in uh, in cartoons. If We'd love to hear from y'all on our social media. What do you think? Uh, you think we're we're spot on? You think we're off base? Whatever. We'd love to hear from you. And so, uh, this is Shad with Matt and Brad. We've been in three quarters. You're in the fourth. And we will catch you next time. <laughs>